Welcome to the first ever Opinions Desk Roundtable. Today we're going to be discussing the midterm elections. Um, I'm Rachel Soloff. I'm the Opinions Editor. And we have three columnists here who are going to give us some thoughts and opinions on the midterm elections. If you guys could go around and say your name, your year, and your major. Hi, my name is Kelly. I'm a junior and I'm majoring in political science. Hi, I'm Emily. Um, I'm a sophomore and I'm majoring in political science and public service. I'm Sophia. I'm a junior and an anthropology and art history major. Awesome. All right. So I have a few questions for you all. Did you all vote at home with the mail ballot or in person on campus? And if you're from another state, maybe outside of Pennsylvania, what was it like um, voting, you know, for that? I voted by mail in Pennsylvania, even though like I used to be registered in Connecticut. I changed that um, during the 2020 election, but it was like kind of hard having to change my address from where I was freshman year to like now living on campus. The PA like vote website set it up. It was kind of confusing. Um, was there like a big reason why you changed it to Pennsylvania? Um yeah, I changed it to Pennsylvania because, like, it's a swing state. So, like, obviously, like, our votes are, like, really important. And, like, Connecticut's always been, like, a blue state. So, like, even if I didn't vote, it, like, wouldn't matter as much. Yeah, I mean, I ended up just having to vote in D.C. because my, like, registration process for Pennsylvania was so, like, convoluted. I just moved here and I wasn't really sure how to do it. And I waited way too long. So that's fully on me. But they let me know that like the signature I'd provided for my registration wasn't valid past the point when I needed to have been registered already. So I was like, okay, there's, this is just not going to work. But I did, I was able to like vote in DC. So that worked out. But I don't know, that was kind of disappointing because again, like DC is very, very blue and we have a lot less say in terms of who we get to elect there. Um, I voted by mail, but in Pennsylvania, because I'm from PA, so I didn't have to change my state or anything um, and I just didn't change my address to campus because my county where I'm from is usually red so I decided to stay um, and help out there with things um, and vote out there but ordering a mail-in ballot is very tricky because of like what Kelly said with the PA vote website it's just horrible so I start I it's hard to like know when your mail-in is going to come and if it got there and I had to call to make sure it was received and all that but like so that was a struggle for me, I would say. Yeah, I totally understand that. Um, I had some issues with my mail-in ballot in the 2020 election. So I changed my registration to be on campus. Um, well, actually off campus. So I voted um, in Oakland. Um, but I'm from Philadelphia, which is, tends to be pretty blue. Same with Pittsburgh. So I thought, you know, six one half dozen. But yeah, I, I noticed you all talked about like registration issues. Um, and just like difficulty with that. Is there anything that, um, do you think like this is on purpose? I know a lot of states have, you know, voter suppression and voter ID laws and stuff like that that make it harder to vote. Like, do you think this is on purpose or, you know, or maybe you have any like proposals to make this a bit easier, especially for younger voters or um, people who don't have, you know, access? 
Um, I don't know if it's necessarily as much on purpose as something like gerrymandering or as like active voter suppression. I think it's more just like a, a negligence type situation, which is obviously still really, really bad because people aren't being able to express the political view that they'd want to. I don't know how like deliberate it is, but the not ensuring that people are like well registered and able to check the status and progress and that kind of stuff even if it's not like a you know crazy right-wing conspiracy does speak very poorly to like how much concern there is for people's like young people specifically's voting ability yeah i agree with sophia like i feel like the whole like voter suppression thing isn't as big in pa but like um it definitely is in like um southern states but um, like she said, I feel like it's more like just negligence here and like um, how we like need to like fix this system. Um, I definitely agree with what both um, Sophia and Kelly said. I think that it's probably negligence in the state like um, definitely needs to update like their website and their resources um, because it's very hard to like navigate their website. And I know like since the pandemic, I had to register to vote, like, or register to, you know, vote. Um, I think I had to mail it in, or you could do it online, but the online one didn't work, so I opted to mail it in, but to mail it in, I had to print it, and some people don't have access to printers, so I just think it's, like, the whole negligence thing, and there needs to be more resources, and, like, resources devoted to making sure people are able to register and change their address and get a mail-in ballot and all that stuff. Yeah, I think you all make really great points. You articulated it way better than how I asked the question. I guess in the same vein, um, I'm sure you all noticed the voter registration people who were um, very much all around campus. And there was, you know, that tent by Hillman and a lot of people. Um, do you think those kinds of like voter registration resources are helpful to get um, younger voters to vote? Um, do you think they do, you know, help more than harm? I guess, you know, sometimes they're a little aggressive. So I don't know if that that is the tactic everyone wants. Um, I feel like in some cases, especially like, um, as you mentioned, the people who are like outside of like Hillman, like kind of like yelling at people like, hey, did you register to vote? I feel like in some sense that might like do more harm than good because like, maybe like some people like aren't like educated on like who they should vote for or like why this is like such an important like election so like just having someone like scream at you to like register I feel like it turns them off from wanting to vote because like a random stranger is just like screaming at you yeah, I totally agree with Kelly. I think the main way, like the main solution that could be proposed right now is fixing the online situation and making the PA website a little bit easier to navigate. Because I feel like the people who would actually be receptive to registering to vote for the first time or to making the decision to vote for a particular candidate for the first time or changing parties, I don't know, like the people who it's really crucial that they start to vote right now 
aren't like they're going to want to figure that out on their own for the most part I think and I don't know if this is just too general of a statement but I feel like we come from a generation that like hates making their own doctor's appointments even like making being able to register to vote like from your computer on your own figuring it out on your own I think would be really helpful and would draw in a lot more people than someone stopping you on the street and like demanding to know if you have or haven't because a lot of people I think are shy and they want to figure it out on their own rather than be like confronted with the fact that they haven't registered yet if that makes any sense yeah I was gonna say I agree with both Kelly and Sophia um I was also gonna say that I think for our generation that if like someone wanted to register that they would go out and register for themselves because they wanted you know to vote and make change by voting but I think that the people outside Hillman that literally scream at you is one cumbersome and I think it really makes people think that like not not that it's a joke to register but that I don't know that like it makes you feel like they're harassing you which wouldn't which makes me not want to talk to them if that makes sense um but like I had a couple like this one girl came up to me multiple times probably just didn't remember that she already talked to me but it was like one-on-one and she was like I was like like sitting outside of Kathy and she came up to me and like was nice and like ah so I feel like when people do that and more on a personal level then it doesn't feel like they're attacking you and you know going along with Sophia said and but like when they're screaming at you it makes you feel kind of defeated if you haven't registered to vote already yeah I think I think you all make great points I I was noticing that too and I was wondering if it um if anyone else felt dissuaded by it shifting gears a little bit to the the actual election so I know there's a lot of stuff on social media on tv everything that the stakes of this election were especially high did you all think that and do you think that's why there was a a a pretty a pretty decent turnout especially from from our age group yeah I mean I think the question of bodily autonomy especially has really been on everybody's minds the past couple of months and I don't know it's really really hard to ignore the significance of that and I think a lot of people I I like to think that most people already believed that we should have the right to choose and just wanted to continue protecting that right. But I also think like in an equally positive vein, maybe that a lot of people in our generation were starting to realize the significance of that and maybe like voting their conscience in that sense, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I agree with Sophia that, um, you know, bodily autonomy is definitely probably, especially for our generation, probably one of the number one issues when it came to this election. And I think that our generation started to realize that if they vote, it can, like voting actually does something and electing the people that are going to do things to benefit you in your life is like necessary and needed to do. And you like, you like voting is important and to be able to pass the things that are important to you and make sure that you have the right, you know, the right to your body and the right to do what you choose to do. Yeah, I agree with both Emily and Sophia. Like, the question of abortion is, like, has been a really big um, topic in the past, like, year. And also, I think um, we've seen a lot of, like, really, like, extremist, like, people running for office or, like, are in office right now that might have the ability to, like, pass some really harmful laws. So I think it's also, like, that we have to like vote them out in order to like vote in people that can like protect us in our rights. 
Yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, I think, yeah, um, bodily autonomy and abortion have been pretty salient issues this election. Besides that, however, um, do you, are there other issues that you personally were very concerned about this election in addition to what you, you all discussed? Yeah, I think that like the stuff that Fetterman was proposing about taxes and just in general, like the conversation surrounding like higher taxation for wealthier people, I was really interested in how that was being received, especially in a place like Pittsburgh. And I mean, maybe it's just because I don't really know any conservatives and I definitely don't talk to any conservatives about their views on this kind of stuff because it's pretty depressing. But just seeing all the like TV ads at my job from like Dr. Oz's campaign and everything, parroting the most insane rhetoric about like, they want to take money out of your pocket and stuff like that. And I was, I don't know, I was just kind of watching the whole thing, like from behind my hands, like terrified that this is actually how a good amount of people in this state think of the concept of taxing yeah, I definitely um agree with Sophia. I also really paid attention to um the rhetoric of Bastriano towards um Shapiro. I think was kind of scary, especially, you know, attacking his like religion and things like that. And I think that you know it made made me realize like that there are people who would you know say things like that to others, and that like we shouldn't be condoning that or electing someone who's gonna speak to a person in that way yeah I like agree and um in regards to like the like tv ads there's like this one about like Oz towards Fetterman how he's like saying Fetterman wants to like release all the criminals and like have them run in your streets it's just like crazy like conclusions like that that makes me like really like anxious because I feel like what if someone like actually believes that like and there's so much at risk with this election no a hundred percent it was so alarming to see people like talking about prison reform just in that context it was kind of it I don't know it felt like so Reagan-esque to hear it that way yeah I think I think that it's um an issue with ads in general um I feel like they were especially um in your face this this election season um especially you know, I feel like they boil down like the points of the opponent in a very elementary way, which is not what the candidates are originally talking about, but that's its own tangent. So we did briefly talk about Shapiro and Fetterman. So what do you all think of these candidates? Um, do you think they will serve you well? Or was it maybe, were there other reasons you voted for them or something like that? But yeah, I'm just interested to hear your opinion. I personally didn't know much about like um, Fetterman and like Shapiro and like the other candidates. Um, I have heard like a lot of like bad things about like Nastriano and Oz. So it was kind of like, even though I don't know like all of like Shapiro and Fetterman's policies, I mean, like I went to see um, Fetterman speak at the rally in Shenley Plaza, which like did kind of make me feel better about like what he stands for so I think also like knowing the harm and like not voting or like voting for the other candidate kind of like assured me and like who I'm voting for um yeah I definitely agree with Kelly um I think that with Fetterman and Oz Oz like um well I mean technically he wasn't he shouldn't have been allowed to run in Pennsylvania that's another issue um I think that 
with Fetterman and Shapiro, they just were more, I don't want to say, I, I'm going to say comforting um, choices because they, I mean, bodily autonomy was a big, and abortion were big issues personally for me. And they are both, you know, set on protecting those. So that was important, you know, initially for me. So that's why I wanted to vote for both of them. But I think that Mastriano and um, Oz represent very, um, very scary realities like we just talked about with the ads and everything and like the way that they speak and talk about people is and their rhetoric is very scary and I think for both Shapiro and Fetterman I mean naturally we don't know what's going to happen until they start until they are in office but I do have high hopes for them um, especially compared to the other options yeah Mm -hmm. I think that's oh I'm so sorry I'm so sorry (laughs) sorry sorry (laughs) I was just gonna say like I I totally agree with you guys on like harm reduction voting and they're so much better than the alternatives of course I just kind of my one qualm with Fetterman is that he's like very vocally in support of Israel and I feel like it's it's a uniquely American situation where you have someone who's like by all accounts completely progressive and really concerned with the well-being of vulnerable people and then to see them throw their support behind the occupation of Palestine feels for me like very very jarring and I know that this is maybe just my personal stance on it but I don't know I I run into that issue a lot when it comes to American politics where it feels like you're up against such like a cartoonishly evil right wing that you have to accept whatever you can from the the makeshift left and it's, I don't know, it's just very tiring because you don't have people who are very concerned with the working class. And the minute that you do, they have their their opinions or their stances on international politics are pretty alarming. So I don't know, it just feels bittersweet to be able to celebrate like a win for working Americans, but not a win for vulnerable and marginalized people uh, internationally. Yeah, I think, I think that's really interesting. Um, and um, this sort of leads into my next question, especially uh, what Sophia was talking about, how like agreeing with some points, but maybe not others. Um, do you think that these um, candidates will, you know, now that they're um, elected, will address issues that you are concerned about? Um, just essentially, do you think there are going to be some issues that are maybe going to be swept aside that you find um, important? Um, Sorry to talk so much, but I have my big concern right now is honestly the way that the abortion situation is going to be handled, because I think it's such a hot button issue right now that everyone's going to sort of start off on their new political foot, taking a firm stance on it, which I can hope only that will, you know, it'll protect uh, our right to choose in many places where it's currently in danger. But I feel like it's important to remember that the reason that we're in this situation is because the Democratic Party has continued to sort of hold the threat of losing the right to an abortion over the heads of people who need abortions for the past like 15 to 20 years. They use it for funding. I mean, like in D.C., this is it's it's constant. Like the second the decision came out about the Supreme Court, we all like within a 15 mile radius got a text message being like, all right, the time to donate is now. It's like, are you serious? You could have put this, like you could have protected this legally so long ago, but you didn't because you need it for fundraising and you need it for your speeches and you don't actually make any sort of decisive plan 
to protect our right to choose over and over again. So I'm honestly really worried that even right now, when it's on everybody's minds, it's going to continue to be exploited. No, yeah, I agree with that. Like, the Democratic Party really had, like, so much time to be able to, like, really codify it into law, but, like, they didn't till it was, like, taken away from us. And then, like, like you said about the texts, I got, like, 10 of those from, like, different like Pennsylvania like offices like and I still do and so I feel like I hope that like the people that are like elected into office now like I hope they do something now that they see like how much is on the line and how like how much like um our age group can really like make a difference in like um voting and I feel like if they actually like stop making like empty promises and like start showing us that like these are our promises and we're going to keep them that might actually like make more people want to like vote for them because they're actually like doing something to like protect us and like not just like using those as like fundraiser points yeah I definitely agree with what both Kelly and Sophia just said I think that um the history of you know abortion in the United States is a long one but um and the fact that they haven't done anything to legally codify abortion is you know scary and I think that because of that and because they use it you know as a fundraising point as they both pointed out um I think that they will continue to to hang the the thought of abortion being you know legally on the books in the air and not potentially not actually do it which is so scary but um I think that on a PA level that Shapiro will do something about it once he gets right in right into office but I think you know overall on a on overall on the you know U.S. scale with all the states I think that it might take longer and might get pushed to the back burner because they're going to want to focus on taxes and other issues and you know, the house. And I think that's unfortunate because we really need to, you know, codify abortion into the law, like you guys said. Yeah, I think you all make really um, interesting points. Shifting gears again a little bit. I know there was a lot of talk of a red wave and um, Republican um, winning a lot of seats. Um, and I know there was some um, uncertainty after the Fetterman Oz debate. Um, were you surprised by the outcome of this election? Because I know I was pretty surprised, so. Um, or were there any other emotions, I guess, you were feeling? Or were you happy? Were you upset with the results? Anything like that? Um, even, you know, nationally in Pennsylvania, in, you know, D.C., where you're from, Sophia. Um, so going into the um, election, I was definitely very worried and concerned just because, you know, historically, since you know Biden is president that and he's a Democrat that usually mean midterms are going to go to the Republicans and that's just how it's been for the past however many years so I was definitely worried and very stressed about it so naturally with the, with the outcome of the red wave not happening I was very I'm very relieved but I was also very surprised at the same time um but very happy naturally and I think that um on an overall, you know, throughout the entirety of the U.S., I was surprised that it was that there was so much, you know, Democrat support, but obviously happy about it. And I think that 
that had to do a lot with like young voters coming out to vote. And I think that we had a really big impact on the outcome of this election. Yeah, I mean, I was really surprised that it ended the way that it did. It was pretty close and I was definitely really relieved, um, especially considering like how annoyed I was that I wasn't actually able to vote here. DC elections are a complete joke, pretty much. They, the candidates are very poor choices for the most part and they the result that they have is very small. But yeah, I mean, like Emily said, I was pretty relieved to see the way that things turned out considering yeah same I was like up until the point that like the vote was called I was like so like anxious because it was so close but like I definitely like had high hopes and um hoping that like we um PA would go blue but it was still like relieved because like I I feel like there was like such a big talk about like the red wave and stuff that it made me kind of like think that like we weren't going to win or like we didn't really have a chance because that was like that message was like so loud but I guess like um I know that like since like 2016 or 2020 Trump has lost a lot of like supporters so I definitely like that really relieved me that like some Republicans are now like voting blue yeah definitely um I think it it was um very surprising to me I was I'm pretty negative so I was (laughs) a little pessimistic um but yeah I think the results were really interesting um I guess on that same note um I know Biden just said that he's uh potentially going to re um run again in 2024 um but he's gonna confirm next year um but what do you think the results of this election will mean for that 2024 presidential election? Honestly, I think that he's a very hard candidate to have any measure of confidence in. Um, I think he's, you know, done a couple of things with like his presidency that seem like they're progressive enough to be like permanent. Like the whole conversation surrounding the student loans, I think is gearing in the right direction, but just Biden as a figure in general, like in the in so much of elections for presidents ends up being like based on character and personality. And there's so much like, I don't know, so much of it is theatrical. He doesn't have that very strong, like he's not an inspiring figure right now. Um, and I mean, it's the way that the right talks about him is insane, but it it is true that he's not a very, I don't know, he's not a very confidence boosting person. And I'm not really sure that even the results of this midterm election are going to be able to gear up a lot of support for him from the Democrats. Yeah, I agree. Like, even though like Biden has like done like good things thus far I don't think like if he were to like rerun I don't think he would win especially like he's so old I feel like realistically like that just like I feel like that just wouldn't end good yeah I definitely agree with both Sophia and Kelly I don't think that this midterm is gonna have I don't think it's gonna have a major effect on the next presidential election I think it's gonna depend on who the candidates are um obviously the Republicans Canada is obviously still going to be up for grabs and we don't know who that's going to be um and Biden rerunning has a lot of negative implications I think and I don't I'm not positive that he would 
be able to win again for a second term but then also in the same token I don't know who else the Democratic Party would run so it also brings up that that issue but I think that um it's going to be interesting to see who they if if he decides to run again and how that would pan out especially depending upon who the Republicans put up for president. Yeah I think that's a great point I know there's um some talks of Ron DeSantis potentially running for the Republican Party. Um, and I am too a little bit nervous about if it was a Joe Biden DeSantis matchup. So I know Sophia briefly talked about this with um, Joe Biden and the student debt relief. Um, I feel like as college students, that's like a pretty salient issue for us because most of us, you know, have some kind of loans. Um, and I guess it is more with the federal government, but um, what do you think um, about student debt relief in general, um, especially, you know, considering new candidates who've come in? And um, do you think those who are elected have this as a priority? Um, but yeah, anyone's free to jump in. I don't know if anyone's going to be making it a priority. I think they're definitely going to prioritize talking about it, but actually, you know, putting it into putting debt forgiveness into play in a large scale. I don't know if that's going to materialize anytime soon. I think it's one of these things that generates so much conversation every single time it's brought into the news cycle that it's not going to like totally disappear. But I don't know. I'm I'm pretty pessimistic as well about this one. Yeah, I definitely agree with Sophia. I think that it'll definitely be put on the back burner compared to other issues that they're going to consider more important. Um, You know, I'm definitely also pessimistic about this. I think that they're probably going to, like Sophia said, they're going to talk and talk about it, but not really do anything that is put into action so then therefore um you know I'm just they're not if they're not if they're just going to talk about it and not do anything to me it makes me not care about it less naturally because we're students but um it makes me not makes me not think about it as much or look forward to it because I'm you know like thinking that they won't do anything about it oh yeah I agree with both Emily and Sophia like I just I feel like it's just gonna be like um get turned into like a talking point for like their next election or their next re-election but I don't think anything's really gonna like get done like I feel like the college student like group like I don't think they're really like focusing on us as much as like the um other like age groups with like taxes and stuff yeah I feel like that's kind of the hallmark of the democratic party where every time something objectively terrible happens giving them twitter was such a mistake like honestly politicians being on twitter is such an error for the world because every time something horrible will happen people in literal positions of power will be like we need to do something about this it's like okay that's your job like you have a team of people crafting the the best worded tweet to gear up support and conversation and headlines. Why don't you actually do something with the power that you've been given, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. Like about like politicians, like being on social media, like anytime anything like major happens, it's, I feel like it's always like kind of like a fight between like the two parties. Like 
and then like them pointing fingers at each other and like sometimes like spewing misinformation to their audiences to like kind of like pit the two parties against each other to create more divide and then like nothing gets done because no one can agree on anything yeah I think I think that's really a really interesting point um and I think it's all about you know PR versus action which is a lot of politics unfortunately um yeah that's it for my questions um but I feel free to you know I'm gonna give you the floor if anyone has anything final to say um just about the election about results anything you want go for it um just that I wish that uh going forward during any election of any size people could consider the impacts that supporting like war crimes overseas has or that you know not criticizing the military or U.S. president's U.S. presence overseas can have on people. I wish it was more of an issue that got brought up and that more time was given to it because we might be seeing change in the people in our offices and the conditions that we're living under, but the people living under U.S. occupation are almost never seeing any change regardless of which party's in control. Um, I feel like one thing like through this whole election that like really like shocked me, I feel like more than anything was um, Uvalde turning red and like Abbott winning right like even when like the shooting was like so recent I I felt like so bad for like the families involved that like their votes and like their voices just kind of like went unheard because like people are still kind of like prioritizing like their rights to like bear arms versus like the lives of like children and like yeah, I, I, thought, I thought that was, like, so scary that, like, Abbott, like, won again. Um, I think it's really sad that we're con- in, you know, the past couple of elections, we're continuing to have to choose the lesser of, you know, two evils in a way. And I think that while when we, even if we elect someone that we might agree with on certain points, kind of going off of what Sophia was talking about, even if we elect someone that we agree with on certain points I think we also need to acknowledge their wrongs even if we elect them we still need to acknowledge their wrongs and work to changing their wrongs and making sure that they understand um that yes we elected them but they need to change this or we're not going to re-elect them or support them anymore so I think that's really important yeah I think those are all very very interesting points um Well, I just want to say thank you all. This was a great conversation um, to all the listeners. Um, These three great ladies also write amazing opinions columns, so check them out on the Pit News website. And um, yeah, that was uh, great. Hopefully we'll have another one of these.